Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Y'all can just come with it, but you're here to what we come to win. Others in love with the brother, this man, we just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. Today it is I, Alex Derrickson, and you are listening to Forty Eight Minutes, Episode Thirty One, and I am one of your hosts, returning from the rock I've been living under called Parenthood. It's an exciting rock; I really like it. I suggest it whenever you're ready. Follow your own timeline. Follow your own heart. Don't don't just do something because the because because Tom that you work with is like I'm having a kid. Don't feel like you're behind Tom. Tom Tom's probably an asshole. Don't 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 worry about Tom. But joining me this week in my return is Tim Daniel. You know, Alex, when I closed last week's show, I told everyone we weren't going to have an episode. You're so, full um, of shit. LOL, JK guys. LOL, Surprise. JK. Surprise! I found some downtime. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sean is, of course, uh, partying in the city where the heat is on all night to the beach to the break of dawn. Welcome so- to Orlando, where the heat is ando mando. <laughs> That's that's where he's at, right? I think he's in Miami. Yeah, I think you're right. That's probably close to Nipples, Florida. Naples? Nap- you, hey, you, tomato, tomato. <laughs> well, it's good yeah. to have you back, man. Dude, um, I'm excited. I've missed it. Yeah. I've missed it. We've things, missed you. Things have been weird. Things have been hairy. We've had a lot of like close calls or sick calls, and now we had the call and my son is born and i'm a dad now and congrats oh thanks it's wild. i know i've said that like four thousand times but I'm, i mean it's still it's it's insane it's a good time so I'm, I'm sitting back i'm in my undies i'm drinking some sparkling water i, I just took the socks off with my crocs off and uh i'm ready to, i'm ready to get this going yeah man our lives are changing so much these few weeks it is chaotic times for sure but even if it is chaotic times, that does not stop this from being 48 minutes. It does post each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear with your eyes, you can go to 48minutesnetwork.com. Get caught up on all of our podcasts that we've been doing, any articles we've decided to write in our downtime from our regular jobs. And you can even keep your eyes on our second sister show, Court Stormers, which... I kind of also agree with you guys. That name needs to change. It's not really. It's about gonna cop. change. It's not. Yeah. So, so for the people who listen, for, Court Stormers will stay in the Forty Eight Minutes family because we will continue to have an NCAA show when we get people that want to do it. So, if you're interested, let us know. Um, but yeah, so Mike and I will do our own show. We're still working on a title, um, but it's gonna happen, and it's gonna be kind of like our Forty Eight Minutes variety show, I guess, with different sports talks and pop culture talk. Like this week, we talked about Black Panther. Uh, we talked about um, our top five Marvel movies ever. So, yeah, it's a little bit of different stuff from what we talk about here on our show. Different stuff indeed, and you can still keep subscribing to that on your podcast service of choice if your podcast service of choice is iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It's a limited array, but it is an array. It's like if you go to Golden Corral and they only had the pot roast, the steak, and the rolls. It's still a buffet, but it's a limited buffet. But I digress I'm excited to be back. So, we don't have a lot 
we 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 have a lot and we don't have a lot. It seems to be right. the case sometimes, uh, especially in the in the halfway dredge of of the NBA season. So All Star Weekend occurred. I did not get a chance to watch the game, uh, but I did catch All Star Saturday Night, which I I have opinions on. But uh, the new format, really, in terms of All Star Game proper, uh, really seemed to work. There was some defense played as displayed uh Mm -hmm. i really liked the idea of the captains and the drafts and kind of like mixing it all up and everything but i feel like you were the person that between the two of us uh saw more of of the game itself so before we get into you know dunk contest the three-point contest and stuff like that how, how did you feel and as the nba ever shifts you know, they're, they're all-star formats for all of their products, except for, well, I guess the three-point contest has changed recently, too. Uh, they're still kind of trying to, trying to find their stride, right? So do you was this, to you, the year where you could kind of, if you were Adam Silver, you could be like, all right, let's let this one breathe. Let's let this format go. Yeah, man, I think it was a lot of fun. Um, I think what was neat was the kind of... Uh... There was a lot of pride in this game, which we haven't seen a lot of All-Star games, too. And I think a lot of that was the charity intuition for the winning team, so I thought that was cool. Um, it felt like, the way I was kind of talking about with Mike on Court Stormers was, it felt like real-life fantasy basketball. And not in the sense of like a normal All-Star game. In a sense of, you and I are drafting teams, I get this guy, you get this guy, and we're going to go see, we're going to put them together and see how it plays out. And it was fun, it was a blast, I think the game was really good. There's a lot of stretches of, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot, you know, when you look at a score of 148 to 143, you're still going to say, well, that's not a lot of defense. I get that. But this is the 30 best players in the world playing in a game. Buckets are going to get had. So um, it was nice. I got really romantic seeing LeBron and Kyrie together again. Sure. That was like right in my, right in my good, my good feels. <laughs> uh, so that was nice. And then I really enjoyed, uh, Embiid looked really good. Giannis looked like he was a little ten- tendent. Uh, he wasn't really Giannis of dominate, so he didn't really look like he knew how to play off the ball with guys like Curry and Harden. But overall, I think that this was a great format. The only thing I really wish they would do is televise the draft, or even like LeBron said, go into All Star Saturday, do then like line everyone up like a pickup game at the middle of the court. And the two captains pick guys like a, like 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 a, like a pickup game, and that's right. when they get their jerseys. I would totally dig that. I I would like that too. And I mean, Adam Silver's even said uh, kind of like on an offhanded interview, he said he's like, "Well, it looks like next year we're gonna have a televised draft." So I think that's gonna be if if there were tweaks to be made, I think that's gonna be the one big one that we see. Because uh, I really don't think I think they've got the dunk contest nailed down after it being I fine. Agree. It, I mean, it, it had been fine for so many years, and then they added the unlimited attempts, and then Chris Anderson kind of ruined that for everybody. Then they tried to do the timed attempts, so the, the three full attempts, I think, are... It's easy to explain. It's easy to follow. I would maybe get more NBA-related judges. Uh, you I'll, mean you don't want DJ Khaled? Man, I uh, I uh, have opinions. So, I'm with you. You know, uh... The three-point contest, I mean, for me, I'm just a, a prickly old curmudgeon, and I would do with way with the money ball rack, and I don't like being able to start on either side of the court. Like, that's just weird to me. But uh, 
they gotta they they feel like they gotta keep it fresh that's their prerogative uh so the game itself though i mean were were you satisfied as a fan because it, it typically was like it was always like three quarters of freewheel and offense and then a quarter of defense and this one didn't seem to quite fit that mold I was satisfied, man. I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed it. It's the first time I can remember in a long time watching all four quarters and being into it. Um, Especially in the fourth quarter when LeBron's team's down 11 and they come back to win. And you could see just the passion that they had. Um, I I loved it, man. I thought it was a lot of fun. My only concern I had was at the end of the game, and this is play calling. This is where I'm getting at for an all-star game, Alex. I'm complaining about play calling in an all-star game here. I know. What is this 2018? Well, you, you didn't like Steph Curry trying to run 90 feet off screens and then get <laughs> closed out into two different traps and then have to hand the ball off to DeRozan who got closed off in a trap. Right. Like, what is the Antonio call there when he's like, if that, there's one part. The other part is... Steph Curry trying to get above LeBron and Durant on the to get the last shot. Like that's so funny to you got, me. You gotta love the confidence, man. Oh, I dig it for sure. Um, yeah. But I thought all the guys played well. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I can definitely, if I if it ever could ever happen in my life, I could really get used to consistent highlights of Westbrook LeBron alley oops because that was sick. Sure. But yeah, overall, it was a fun game. I enjoyed it. So so moving on to. What I'm able to more, I guess, confidently speak to was was the three point contest, which was fine. I mean, congrats to Devin Booker. I called I it. Wa- <clears throat> you did. I wasn't totally blown away by that. Uh, I was more blown away by kind of the the dumpier performances we saw. Uh, Paul Tobias George Harris impressed me, but kind of just seeing Paul George go out there and like I don't know, build a fucking brick house. But uh, that was a little frustrating. So there there were times, cause especially when like. I was this big proponent for Lou Williams getting in there. Uh, and I was a big proponent of Lou Williams getting in there for the all-star game itself, especially with Butler sitting out. Uh, and But at the same time, though, Lou Williams seemed to be a bit more upset of not making an all-star game than he was like playing for the Clippers, you know? Right. I think I think he, his priorities were a little whack. But uh, it, it was fine. The dunk contest... So, this is what I said about it. Yeah. I think it fell flat because of the missed the missed attempts. If the missed attempts weren't in it, I thought it'd been really good. I'm see I'm fine with the missed attempts because it's it's athletically demanding. I mean, this is ostensibly the NBA's home run derby. Yes, completely. And it's very difficult. It's hard on the body to do stuff like that. Like that's why you don't see them do this kind of stuff in game. But I feel like there was a almost too much nostalgia, and completely agree. Like, yeah, there's too many like, oh, he's wearing that guy's jersey. He's gonna do that guy's dunk because he's wearing that jersey. Uh, I th- I really thought that it was a little heavy handed towards Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, I think. I mean, in order for did, I, Dennis Smith Jr. to have won, he needed to wear like a Jamal Mashburn jersey or something. Damn it! But the uh, okay, so the thing with Dennis Smith Jr. and Larry Nance, because I don't, I can't just like turn over in bed and look at my wife and be like, let me tell you how Dennis Smith Jr. was robbed in the dunk contest. But I can do it here. So let me tell you how Dennis Smith Jr. was robbed in the <laughs> dunk contest. <laughs> so his first dunk 
was not great. I'll I'll give you that. He bailed on. He missed the attempt the first time. He bailed. He went to a pretty easy dunk, and he ate like a thirty-eight on that one. And I I, I was like, okay, cool. Like you you were very passive. That was a very passive dunk. Uh, Nance comes out. He does one. Gets a whatever score. Donovan Mitchell comes. Eats everybody's lunch. You know, wash, rinse, repeat. But it was with the second dunk, where I felt Dennis Smith Jr.'s second dunk was better than both Larry Nance Jr.'s first and second dunk in, in the first round. Yep. And it it was an issue where, like, even when my wife was watching it, she watched, like, his second dunk, and I'm like, oh, cool, he came from, like, the inbounds line, like, under the basket. I was like, and she goes, that looked kind of lame. I'm like, well, you got to factor in his height and watch how his head dips below the backboard and how he has to make all these body contortions to do that dunk. And I was like, here, watch it in slow motion. And we watched it in slow motion, and I went, that was kind of lame. And then he got, like, a 49 <laughs> for that. And I was like, I don't, ugh. Ugh, that was that was not a forty nine, and I don't know if it was one of those things where it's just like the jersey he was wearing, or like his name, or like the fact that his dad was there. It just it seemed very like padded for him. I don't think, and I feel like part of it too is no one really could understand how hard Dennis Smith Jr. was throwing down those dunks. Like for a dude that's six two, and I probably I would argue that can't palm the ball. Uh, like what he was doing was very, very impressive. And I think it got very overlooked because I genuinely think that fans of the dunk contest, regardless of how they felt about whether it was good or great or bad or whatever, we were robbed of a very, very good finals opportunity with, with Smith and with Mitchell. Yep. But that's, that's the dunk contest. I mean, I don't think everyone's always going to be happy. I got on Twitter and I went to, I like, searched that hashtag and I looked in the latest and everyone's like what if all the all, all good dunks already been done before and it's like yeah <laughs> like no one's gonna throw it between the legs twice like we don't have that yeah that and um I, I you know so I said this to you and Alex in a text message and I know that the only person that wasn't an NBA player that got as much recognition this uh, all-star weekend was Kevin Hart uh, I know. And, like, did we really need him for that? Like, I get what you're trying to do, D-Mitch. I respect your game. But, like, you could have jumped over Kevin Hart, even if he wasn't kneeling. And it's just... Uh, I mean, uh, he's... In a way, I think he's kind of like reverse Drake, where, like, Kevin Hart's this, like, big-name ambassador for the league, and he's at, like, a lot of the events. He's friends with a lot of the players. And he's a popular guy. Jumanji. Uh, wait, was he have Drake. Yeah, he was. I'd rather okay. have Drake. Yeah, it's. It, I just think that like Kevin Hart, and in terms of like a celebrity fan, he he does well for the league. He's a good face as an ambassador for the league, regardless of how you feel about his comedy or or his antics or his personality or whatever. He does he does what he needs to do as a celebrity fan. But I totally understand you you wanting that ship to sail. Yeah, I just think the fifteen minutes need to run up, man. That's all. Yeah. So every comedian has their fifteen minutes when they have that like movie phase. You know, like remember Dane Cook was a thing. <sighs> Dane Cook, and then Daniel Tosh came, and everyone got confused. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I mean, the NBA is kind of just gets a week off. 
for All-Star Weekend, so there's not a whole lot going on there. Our, our typical impressed, depressed uh, segments I don't think are really going to play a factor this week, but because I'm back, and because some comments were made from some political pundits, and as, as the league... Get, we're, we're just going to move on to topic of the show right now. I mean, it's it's good a time as any. Let's do it. Do-do-do. Uh, but, uh, so... We've seen a lot this season with uh, people like like Coach Popovich, Kerr, uh, LeBron, Kevin Durant. Like these 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 people are names. They're recognizable names. They're recognizable faces. They have a following. They have people who support them who don't know them, and they have an opportunity to take what they do, use it as a podium to promote discussion civil discourse you know whatever however you want to phrase it and a lot of people don't like that because they don't like their sports and their politics to mix and i understand that and while it's easy to just be like ignore it we're kind of in a very strange place in america right now where there are a lot of opinions circulating and most of them depending on where you're getting them from are either all the same or all contrastly very different. Uh, LeBron, I mean, like I said, Popovich has probably been the loudest, even talking about like redistribution, like the redistribution of wealth, uh, the current like political climate in America and things like that. And, and the most common comments you'll see on Facebook are things like he needs to stick to sports. He needs to stick to basketball. Well, this has bled over into more mainstream media as Laura Ingram, a Fox News pundit, took comments that LeBron made uh, about the White House and, and the current climate in America and comments about like institutionalized racism and things like that. And she said she would like to get her political comment or political opinions from someone who didn't leave high school a year early and that LeBron should, quote, shut up and dribble. Which are kind of some incendiary remarks to make. Uh... There's a lot of things to discuss about this, but because I'm back and I I haven't gotten to do this in a while, just to get this thing started, I'm I'm bringing this. Okay, so the shame bell is is cannot be picked up on this microphone right now. So there's that. You can kind of hear it. Okay. Shame. There it is. Shame. Shame. Oh, it's going crazy. <laughs> I moved my phone and it's like, shame, shame, shame. <laughs> oh, you're getting a lot of shame going. But, so let's let's just take this. There's there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to kind of dissect here. Uh, without getting too, like, apoplectic about it. Uh, it's upsetting. It's It's upsetting to see people take comments made by athletes. I... We're past the point, first off, where athletes are synonymous with idiots. Where like a lot of these, a lot of these players, especially in the NBA, are also businessmen. They have investments. They have they have opinions, and there's this sort of like God forbid they have opinions, especially with like what's going on with the NFL. Uh, to a lesser extent, NASCAR being the reverse NFL, things like that. So, I it's hard to talk about this without like getting upset, but. I'm I'm gonna let I'm 
how how do you how do you feel before before I go off on any sort of tangent or anything like that? Let's I'll let you grease these wheels. <laughs> sure, I'm happy to. Um, I'm happy to crack open the bottle for you before you start pouring it. If that's what we're getting at here. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'll say this. So the comments that, uh, that LeBron James and Kevin Durant have a conversation. It's an Uber promotion for uninterrupted. And LeBron says that he feels, and I quote, Donald Trump does not give a fuck about the people. I don't necessarily think he's wrong, but this is where Laura Ingraham comes in. She one obviously did not even go to Wikipedia before she made her comments about LeBron James. So that's hilarious to me. Um, two, I don't really like for people, for her to kind of say this thing about athletes and to our, for the guy who he's mentioning in the thing, not like our president exact is exactly a politician either. So for her to, for her to have that comment, that thought process sure. that's frustrating to me. And then I think the thing that stood out to me the most is what LeBron James is doing for this now. And this isn't just for politics. You know, if you remember the ESPYs a couple of years ago, Team Banana Boat, they stood out and they kind of talked about how shooting, how gun violence needs to end now. And they did that at the ESPYs and they they challenged all athletes to start the change and to go in their neighborhoods. That was four dudes that went to ESPN and said, we're doing this. And they said, okay. Um, I don't really, I, I see what LeBron's doing as kind of what Bill Russell did in the sixties, man. Like there's that infamous picture of Bill Russell standing next to Martin Luther King Jr. And I think he's really trying to take on that and show the importance of that. That's a guy that came from nothing and made so much out of himself. Like LeBron James is not a businessman. He is a business and he's a guy that really is the true American dream and everything he made happen. And yeah, I think he has a right to talk about that because he's a guy who has done not so not so much just for himself, but all the things he's done for the community, all the things he's done for you know African American children, all the scholarships, everything he's done. Um, yeah, I'm I'm totally content with the stance he stood. I'm proud that he made that stance, and I'm proud that he went and he's not he's not fearless about what he has to say about it. Um, I think if you were going to try to silence athletes, actors, and musicians, they're the people that have voices. And they're the people that could really make those voice for people like us, or I should say people that don't even have podcasts or people who have anything like that where they don't have a platform to talk. To have athletes be the people that set that example, be role models, especially the most important and most famous athlete in the world, I'm all for it, man. I, I have so much respect for him for doing that. And it's it's and I, I agree completely, and it's a situation with me too. It's the fact that he is kind of coming out and like agreeing with what can be described as like a veritable echo chamber where like libtard cucks and soy boys and, and things like that. But I, I think the, the response would have been similar if he came out and was like, I think what president Trump is doing is great and fine. And I support him and he has my support, whatever. And I, I, st- I think that would have created social uproar of a different kind, but you wouldn't have seen comments like shut up and dribble get made by a woman who works for a TV station that interviewed Kurt Schilling and Bobby Knight for political opinions. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and for me, it's, it's with, especially with like Popovich and Kerr and Durant, or even like a lesser extent, what you saw with Jalen Brown, who is probably one of the smartest men in the NBA. Uh, it's, they're being asked about it. Their opinions are being requested from the media. It's it's not a situation where, you know, 
someone from ESPN in a post-game press conference is like, Kevin, all night New Orleans was able to really hammer you guys off screens involving Anthony Davis. How would you combat that going forward? And was this something that you had planned? And Kevin Durant being like, let me talk to you about gun violence. Like, there, these are opinions that are being asked for. These are sound bites that are being requested. And they are taking the time to use their platform, to use their position to express their concern, to make a comment, to let people know, hey, we see it too. We're not blind to this. And yeah, I'm glad that LeBron isn't up there going like, I'm just here to play basketball, guys. Because I think if you want to talk about the pussification of of individuals, that running away, tucking your tail between your legs and hiding from an opportunity to express how you feel, that is a bigger issue. So if they want to tell him to shut up and dribble or, you know, to say that he's too ignorant to make comments about this, they need to do their fucking research. They need to be able to have that civil discourse. If you want to sit there and say, I think you should stick to sports, then you should have him on your show to be like, I don't think you're smart enough to debate this with me. If 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 she is so confident that LeBron's opinion is worthless or his stance is is not worth her time, then she should have absolutely no problem bringing him on her show to just bask in a scathing debate with him because she in her eyes, if she's that confident that she can mop the floor with him, that is easy ratings. That is an easy conversation and that is an easy win for her. But there's that tinge of fear there, which is why she can make those comments or Newt Gink or uh, yeah, Newt Rush Limbaugh can make those comments, sweep them under the rug and act like nothing ever happened because they can. And their, their group will support them regardless, just the same as Adam Silver is coming out and saying, I think it's great that our players are making these kinds of statements or taking these kinds of stands because the NBA, I've talked about it before, has worked very hard to be kind of become the progressive league of, of the big four in America. And I think it's very important that they don't silence those opinions. And I know I'm getting a little long in the tooth and, and kind of loquacious here, but it's it's frustrating because it's the same as when, like, I could very well post this podcast Friday and I could have a comment that's like, Alex needs to stick to talking about basketball. We're here. If that happens, I just want to address this now. I know far fucking less about basketball than I do about anything going on in this country. So if you want me to stick to basketball, you're going to be just as disappointed. But it's a situation with if you go to someone who is leaving the comments in ESPN that is like, Popovich needs to stick to sports. If you click that motherfucker's profile, Tim Buck says his cover photo on Facebook is an eagle. His profile photo is an eagle holding a gun on fire, riding a burning horse inside of a... He's like riding a Mustang inside of a Mustang. And he has probably posted countless amounts of political opinions and political commentary and and one-sided debates. And... Here's my here's my thing to that guy, to that guy on Facebook. Why don't you stick to your fucking job, Ron? I, if, if your name's Ron, I, that was a coincidence. Yeah. But yeah, I, I hear what you're picking up. It's yeah, no, it's 
it's just ridiculous that like and it goes i highly before you jump down this rabbit hole for anyone listening that somehow has missed this i would recommend backtracking and looking up Jalen brown's uh college thesis about uh how sports are as like a way of institutionalized racism and that's coming from an athlete who plays sports right uh talking about how what he does is kind of just inherently racist uh it's well worth the read the opinions are actually very stunning uh i was i really enjoyed it It it's a really fun read but uh it's a situation where these guys go out and they play sports and what's what's everybody say oh they get millions of dollars to put a ball in a hoop or he gets millions of dollars to catch a ball if he plays football he gets a million dollars to turn his car left and drive real fast and it's it's simplifying something that is incredibly difficult because if what they did was easy, we wouldn't have a podcast. No. We would be playing basketball mm-hmm. and probably only making a couple hundred bucks because it would be a thing that was so easy to do. Right. And I, I think we're in a time in our country where celebrities should speak out and should acknowledge any shortcomings that they see or that they that they feel are occurring and just because someone disagrees doesn't mean that you should tell them to shut up and dribble or stick to sports or stick to something they know cuz guess what that's an incredibly myopic view and most people are pretty well versed in more than one fucking thing. So the next time someone says stick to sports, I get, you're not allowed to have hobbies either. You're not allowed to have personal interests. Uh, you need to stick to whatever your occupation is too, yep. Ron. Damien Lillard needs to stop rapping. Obviously he can't do that anymore. Um, nope. Blake Griffin needs to not do com- stand up comedy. He can't do that. Nope, um, uh, none of them should act in commercials. Yep. No more train wreck movies for LeBron. Actually, I'd be nope. I'd be sad about that. No, no more, no more endorsement deals. Uh, they they cannot talk about anything other than how to put a nine inch ball in an eighteen inch steel cylinder. You know, and I think the other thing too is uh, you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, so I'm kind of backtrack, not necessarily backtrack. I'm kind of piggybacking is what I meant to say. No, please. Off your comment is, you know. You make the point that Jalen Brown makes when he says, like, what we do is racist, you know, because people think this. I don't think, and I think people think of these people just as athletes, and we've, you talked about that quite a bit, too. I don't think people take in the person of, the personableness of these people. Like, you know, LeBron's the easiest right. person to use example here because he is a businessman. He has, sure. he has a production company. He has stock in Beats. He has stock in different car companies. He's also a father. He's also a son. He's also a guy that is trying to make the world better. Paul George said the same thing. He's like, I don't think people understand that we're fathers, we're brothers, we're we're sons, and we're you know we're citizens of this country. Exactly, exactly. And so that is awesome to me, um, and I love it. And then, you know, I'm gonna give the Warriors a little more credit here, Alex. I think it's awesome that as soon as they won, when they were asked immediately, "Are you going?" they said no, and then right, <laughs> you know. So I um, and that's of course you know bringing my political beliefs into this a bit sure but i uh i love that the athletes are really 
in where our, where our country is right now, I love that those guys are really putting their stamp on how they feel about it and giving everyone yeah. else a voice. And I think that's awesome. And I, I think it's imperative. I think it's their job. I absolutely think that for sure. I mean, Kareem and Bill Russell did the same thing, right? It's if you if you break kind of our society down into more like feudal. I, I don't think we're near any sort of Orwellian dystopia or anything like that. I think shit's pretty fucked up. Like if you just want me to boil it down to a pretty like rudimentary idea and and a, like kind of just a like brevity is the soul of wit, and in this case, shit's pretty fucked up. But it's a thing too where they are more likely to be heard than someone like you or I are. They have the reach. They have the following. They have their grasp on their society and on their brand. And they what what LeBron says carries much more weight and much more clout than like what I say or what you say or what Sean says, you know? And for me, if I'm out there being like, I dis I don't like thing. I'm just shouting it into the ether. But when LeBron takes a mic and says like I don't like thing, and Kevin Durant says I also don't like thing, Dwayne Wade doesn't like it, Paul George doesn't like it, Carmelo doesn't like it. You're reaching so many more people, and that breadth of of you know society that you capture is so much more important than anything you and I could do. And if they stay silent. That's I like I said I think that's a bigger problem. Absolutely, man. I'm for sure with you. I was, I was actually just going through kind of some updates on it, and even Dikembe Mutombo has come out and shown his love for LeBron as well, and uh, having you know doing what he's doing. So, yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing for sure is, um, these guys are role models. These guys are you know are, are people that everyone looks up to. So. It's awesome, man, and um, I, I think I've said that quite a few times now. But I have so much respect for it, and it it means the world. You know, it means the world to a lot of people to be able to be able to do that and stand up and say it for what they believe in, like that. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to I don't want to bang the drum too loud, and there's not a whole much lot else to cover. So, if you're cool with wrapping this up, yeah, I think man. Uh, I, th- I think we can take this home because this has been 48 minutes but before i do that for anyone listening for however number of of listeners we get on a on a week-to-week basis regardless uh, of age where you're stationed where you're where you live where you're getting this podcast from first off thank you for listening secondly if you have an opinion or you see something, or you find a social injustice somewhere, or or if you hear or see someone say something and you think that's not right, don't ever be afraid to speak your mind. And don't ever feel like someone's going to go off on you and tell you to stick to whatever you they think you should be sticking to. Because that's just, that is someone being afraid. That was That is someone being afraid that maybe they don't know as much as they think they do. Or that they think your opinion isn't as valuable as as theirs because like between last week's episode and this week's episode there were 17 children murdered and stuff like that's not okay and i think people should be allowed to say that's not okay and if you're one of those people then you have every right to stand up, get on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, what, whatever, right? Start a blog, 
write a letter to your newspaper, write a letter to a magazine, whatever you want to do, but make your voice heard. Let it, let it echo, let it, you know, reach an audience. Cause even if you reach an audience of one, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Cause there's a lot of people in this world and there's a lot of people in this country and your voice deserves to be heard just as much as anyone else's. And if your opinion goes against what popular opinion is, that's fine too. Back it up. Have arguments. Have discourse. Have civil conversations because that's the only way we're going to take what we are and kind of this broken, bleeding, shambling skeleton and corpse of of society that we kind of are finding ourselves in right now and make this better and patch this up because there can be a middle ground. Not everything has to be left or right or black and white. It's we can meet in the middle because typically that is where most agreements can be made, but I don't want to get into the whole rigmarole for everything else. So you guys have a really good week. Take care. Heal Hayward. Good night.